So I just got um, a delivery just now before I started recording, and I wasn't expecting it because, like, usually I go pick up the medication, but a guy delivered it, and I was like, well, okay, well, this is weird, and I did not, like, need it right now, but the medication is Valium for my Ooh. vagina. <laughs> wait, wait a second. How does... Yeah, okay, so I have... Does it have a mouth? <laughs> <laughs> it's a suppository that goes in my vagina. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling this story. Oh, so I... I have a lot of bladder issues from being pregnant and also from I I was hit by a car on my bike when I lived in Brooklyn and I had hip surgery and it messed up my vagina because <laughs> it made my bladder send messages to my brain that I needed to pee when I, I didn't have to pee. And so, like, when I was pregnant, I was peeing, I'm not even kidding, 45, 50 times a day. That's that's a normal pregnancy thing, though, isn't it? No, it's not. Normal is, like, 15 to 20. 50 is not normal. I was, at nighttime, I would go to bed at 8 o'clock, and every 15 minutes for four hours, I would have to get up to pee every 15 minutes. And then, that, finally, around midnight, I would be able to fall asleep. And I would get up every 30 to 40 minutes after that. So I didn't sleep at all. Wait, don't you have two kids? I do. It happened twice. It was terrible. So this I, happened and, and then you did this again. I know. It was terrible. It was terrible. I, I don't want to. There's so many details. I don't want to get too into it. But um, like at one point in my second pregnancy, I was at my OBs and I was like in tears because I was like, I can't, I'm not sleeping. I can't do this. This is not normal. Stop telling me this is normal. It's not normal. Okay, but tell me more about the panties, Anne's. Okay, so so one of the things is, is like, my vagina can get a little irritated when I have sex, but like, not like painful, but like, it'll just like activate. Like sort of my, miffed. Yeah. Just a, little, just a little, yes, a little bit like, <laughs> excuse me. And so... It'll make me have to go to pee a lot. Um, so my urogynecologist is amazing, and I love her so much. She prescribed me. Like she's European? Uh, no, what? No, uro. She's a urologist and a gynecologist. That joke is not right. <laughs> was that a joke or was that like a real question? I was, I was genuinely confused. Okay, she's a, uro, she's a urologist and a gynecologist. So she's very sympathetic. Anyways... She prescribed me Valium. It's vagina Valium. So after I have sex, I have to shove it up into my vagina, and it basically puts my vagina in my bladder to sleep <laughs> so I don't get up to pee at night. So, like, do you feel, like, is the rest of your body relaxed? Like Oh, yeah. I'm like, it, I do it at night, no matter what time we had sex. Like, if we had sex in the middle of the day, I will do it at night, and... It, I also am on another drug that also knocks me out at night. I'm sleeping better than I've ever slept so, before. So, I mean, besides butt-chucking benzos, what else are you on? Oh, my God, Jason. I'm on probably 12 drugs. Yeah, it, you know, it's all things I need. <laughs> I better life through chemistry. One, one of them, if I don't take it, I will die. Literally, I've almost died four times when it was wrong. So, Yeah. I, I'm not responsible enough to take something like if, 
if I had to take something on a regular basis or die, I probably would have died a long time ago. You, you know what my husband said to me just yesterday because I was feeling bad and I was like, ah, I got to go get blood work. I got to check my blood work. Um, so I just went and he was like, I don't know how anyone who is not on top of this survives because you were so on top of this because like I've almost died a bunch of times. So I'm like, I got I to stay on top of it. So anyways, yeah, I just got some vagina volume <laughs> delivered. So I'm going to be having some sex. I'm about to log on a Silk Road. Is Silk Road <laughs> still a thing? I need to figure out where to get some of this stuff. Do you know, you, you know, men also have bladder problems and you can do physical therapy for it. Physical therapy for the bladder. Is that like just kegels? No. For men, it's a finger in your butt. <laughs> That's not where my bladder is. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a finger in your butt. I've listen. I there's too much to go into, and also I'm trying to write a, a little piece to sell about it. So when I do, I'll let everybody know. But yeah, you, you know what you should call it? What? Vagina monologues. Welcome back to Eat the Press, guys. Welcome back. Um, I cannot promise that today's episode will be as positive as last week's episode, but it's also not a dark one. Yes, but we're never going to be as positive as last week's episode. So, I mean, there are some big stories. Like, apparently Joe Biden won again. This, like, that's like the thing sixth, that happened. Sixth time. And also Mitch McConnell finally was like, congratulations to him. <laughs> So good for you, um, Joe Biden, I guess. Right. Did you read, did you see that all these QAnon people are like, we're leaving the GOP now because Mitch McConnell said uh, Biden won. I'm like, okay, bye. Yeah, please. But you know, election season is not over because there's still one major election happening. Two uh, major elections, actually. Yes. Runoffs in Georgia. And uh, everyone's favorite congressman. Ugh. Dan, Dan Crenshaw, Crenshaw. <laughs> of yes. the uh, Texas Second District, the guy who has an eye patch. If you don't know, and oddly enough, his district—if you look at it on the map—it's shaped exactly like his eye patch. What? That's pretty amazing. Yeah, like it's gerrymandered as shit to like wrap around Houston the uh-huh. way the eye patch wraps around his head. Okay, okay, all right. I wonder if he knows that. I'm sure he does. What do we, Dan Crenshaw? Released an advertisement. Three minutes long. And I know you might be asking yourself, why is Dan Crenshaw running campaign ads? He's not up for election. It is ostensibly about the Georgia runoffs. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a promo for a rally that he is going to be attending with Kelly Loeffler and whatever Purdue. I forget his first name. Who are in the Who are the uh, senators in the runoff? In Will Purdue, former Chicago Bull Center. <laughs> yes, that guy. Um, yeah, so he made an ad where, if you haven't seen it, okay. So I'm going to be honest. I saw it all over Twitter, and I was like, I can't watch this because it's gonna. I'm gonna hate it so much. So I didn't watch it till like 20 minutes ago, and we decided we were going to talk about it. It is stupid. <laughs> it is batshit crazy. It starts with, first of all, it starts with um, 
the eye patch guy, Crenshaw. <laughs> the eye patch guy. I wore an eye patch once in college because I had pink eye and I was home for Christmas break and I really wanted to go out and party. But you didn't want people to know that, like, you wipe your ass and rub your eye. Something like that. Right. That can, that can happen. So I wore an eye patch, but then afterwards I was like, wow, this eye patch was a bad idea because it <laughs> drew way more attention to me. <laughs> like, stupid. All right, anyways, the eye patch guy. Um, so he's being briefed by a British woman, like a British intelligence agent. Yeah, well, it starts off he's giving a press conference, and then he gets, like, a a little side thing in his ear to come. He's got to come quick. And it's like his handlers telling him about the Georgia runoffs. Right. And he has but to they're, go. They're distinctly British. Are, are the handlers or is it just the voice? Oh, the voice. Yeah. It's just the voice. There's some, you know, discombobulated voice or is that the word? I don't even know. There's disembodied some voice disembodied and probably discombobulated too. I'm on fire tonight. Um, talking to him and briefing him. Who knows? It's like MI5 or some shit. Um, and then he gets in a plane to go to Georgia. And then he jumps out, jumps of, the out of the plane. But this Dan Crenshaw actually jumps out of a plane. They film him skydiving like he's Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 6 or whatever. Right. And at this point, the first thing that runs in my mind is like, how much campaign money did they spend on this shit? That was my first thing. I was like, whoa, the budget for this to jump. Because you got to have two planes. A plane to jump out of and a, and a plane or a helicopter to film. So that's a lot of planes. Yeah, and it's, it's like pure cheesy action movie. And you just know that that's all Dan Crenshaw was. Dan Crenshaw wants to be a celebrity more than anything else. Yes, yes, he does. And, and white people gave him enough money <laughs> to go blow it on this fantasy. It reminds me of a... You used to watch Always Sunny, right? I did. I watched a, a bunch of seasons. And then, no disrespect to the show, because it's still, I'm sure, very funny. But I stopped because I was like, this is just the same show over and over and over again. I just learned that the show is still on the other day. It's in its 15th season. That's crazy. And it's very funny. It's well-written, well-acted, all that stuff. I just... I got the show, you know? You, we've we've seen it. We've yeah, seen I got it. the show. I but got there's, it. But there's like this running bit where they, they try to make Lethal Weapon 5. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. And this is Dan Critchaw making Lethal Weapon 5 with a bunch of racist people's campaign donations. Oh, my God. Okay, so then he jumps out of the plane, and apparently where he's supposed to land, there's a bunch of anti-fascists. And I think one of the lines in it was, uh, which is ironic because they act like fascists. It's like, okay, bro. <laughs> I don't think you know what a fascist is. Um, well, the weird thing is like he lands in like a field. Like, well, there's a, a bunch of black-clad anti-fascists yeah. creeping around a field in rural Georgia. Yeah. Well, he actually lands <laughs> on a car where there's two fascists, like, waiting for him. He lands on the car, and then he he goes to punch through the, the windshield, and uh, that's when it cuts to that this is about a rally. <laughs> this is all for a stupid <laughs> fucking rally with two of the most corrupt senators if our listeners don't remember, they both have been credibly accused of using their positions of power for financial gain by buying and selling stocks. 
Based on information that they receive in confidential briefings. Right. About the pandemic. Allegedly. Allegedly. But it's all it's all credible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I saw I sent it to you. The the best the best comment I saw on his video um, was uh, hold on. I'm going to pull it up. The best comment was uh, by this Twitter user, Dan Ozzy. I don't know who he is. I guess he's a music critic. But he just said, dude, just play Call of Duty like a normal person. <laughs> like, seriously. That made me LOL for real. So. I mean, this is the first thing that Dan Crenshaw has ever done that I actually kind of respect. Mm, why? Because if a bunch of rubes are going to give you money in support of a con, mm-hmm. blow it. Blow that money. Well, you know what I thought was interesting? I still don't think he's super charismatic, but there's been a lot of people that um, are like, we don't have to worry about another Trump figure exploiting the system that he has shown where all the weaknesses are because nobody is uniquely like Trump. And I think like Dan Crenshaw's name came up as a couple other people's name came up as people who would, oh, Tom. Tom, Tom Cotton. Cotton, Tom Cotton, neither. So like, go ahead. No, like guys like Tom Cotton and um, and Holly are definitely more frightening than Trump because they're more competent. But I don't think they have the charisma. I think of all the Republican politicians that Crenshaw is the most likely yes. to fall into that Trump role. That's Trump role. that's what I was just gonna say. That that if anybody would do it, it would be him because he clearly knows how to manipulate people's emotions with this <laughs> fake action movie. <laughs> and, you know, he can play the tough guy angle. Not that Trump is a tough guy, but for some reason his, his supporters think he is. I, it's so weird. He dyes his hair and wears makeup and wears a girdle and wears lifts. And like, everybody's like, he's so manly. I'm like, bro, he's not. <laughs> I mean, he's boorish. And I guess like that's. That's what that, it is. That's it, what they think a man is. It's that boomer boorishness. Also, I mean, I don't know if for me, one of the singular images of Trump that will I feel like to me, like encapsulates him in this moment and this and this time period with him. Do you remember when he first it was his first year and he went to some European meeting and he pushed some prime minister out of the way and just like grabbed his like tie and was like. I'm I'm here. I'm a badass, but he's really not a badass. That to me is just like this whole moment with him. That's who he is. I cannot wait until we're done with him. I don't want to talk about his I don't want to talk stupid. About, yeah, I'd love to anymore. talk about other things on the show. Yeah, he's. I just can't anymore. I can't. <laughs> I can, can you imagine if we had four more years? I cannot. I cannot. Four more years. And he takes credit for delivering the vaccine. I mean, he already is doing that because he... Yeah, but no one cares now. Yeah, no one cares. I do like that barely anybody's paying attention to him except his his base. But he, he's taking credit because he moved the vaccine distribution up by a day. He's taking credit for that, for like pushing it through. And it's like, okay, dude. How soon are you getting the vaccine? Um... I did that New York Times thing. Did you see it where it's like, where are you on the list? No. Okay. They had some like little calculator that you answered like four or five questions. 
And did you lie? No, I didn't lie. Cause Th- that's how you get the vaccine early. You lie. It doesn't matter. Who am I going to lie to? <laughs> what the fuck? It's a New York Times thing. Anyways, there's like supposedly 500,000 people in front of me. Um, I- I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it's going to be really the public is going to get it until late spring or the summer. It, there's just not enough doses. I've decided to live my life like I have it. Like you have it? Yes. I think you should live your life like you're like you're a, a carrier of it and you don't know it. No, I'm, I'm saying live my life like I've had the vaccine. Okay. I texted this to you and you did not acknowledge it, but the vaccine does not stop you from getting the virus. It stops you from getting very, very sick. You can still get the virus and still pass it, but you're not going to get super sick. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Science. <laughs> what? Okay, you still got to wear your mask is what I'm saying. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm built different. Okay. Oh, wait, that is what you said. <laughs> You're like, I feel sorry <laughs> for everybody else or some shit. Ah, uh, Jason. And... A bit of local politics. Mm-hmm. There is a new candidate for mayor in New York City. Correct. Well, he hasn't technically announced. If he's going to announce, it's going to be in January, is what I read. It's yeah, they've floated. I, I, it's, he probably has to establish a residency. He's no, he lives in he lives in New York City. Does he? Yeah. Well, anyway, it's none other than uh, Andrew Yang. Yes, Andrew Yang, the Yang Gang guy. Because we've seen how well New York works with billionaire mayors. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Works with for billionaires. No experience in government. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is he a billionaire? Yeah, Yang's a billionaire. What? I did not know that. I thought he was very rich because he has, um, what is it called? He has a... a... Health insurance? <laughs> yes. He has, well, he has his own um, nonprofit. Wait a second. Andrew Yang's, according to the internets here, Andrew Yang is not a billionaire. I didn't think he was. I mean, he's not, he's doing fine, but he's not a billionaire. I, I, I Google this while we're talking, and there's a Forbes article. And I don't read beyond the headline, but the headline said, Andrew Yang is not nearly as rich as you think, so not a billionaire. Okay. That's all I need to know. Well, there you go. All right. So if you don't remember from when he ran, um, there's a couple things. He had, he was, he was brought to the national stage a conversation about UBI, universal. Basic income. Basic income. I was like, universal billionaires inside the country. I'm just... <laughs> I forgot. I'm, I, I just forgot. Um, which is a good thing. He believes everybody should get $1,000 a month. But let's hedge that, Jason. Yeah, so to be clear, the concept of universal basic income is that the state would provide all people, regardless of their need or means, so no means testing, mm-hmm. enough money to survive, that is basic income, which means theoretically universal basic income would be enough to cover housing, mm-hmm. to cover food, you know, to cover health care, assuming you don't live in a civilized country where health care is free. Every other place but here. Right. 
Yang did not promise true universal basic income. He proposed what he calls the freedom dividend, which would provide $1,000 a month to every adult, regardless of means. However... It is actually means tested because... Because if you accept the freedom dividend, you have to reject all other forms of government assistance. Right. So no food stamps, no Section 8 housing, no, no cash assistance. Uh, no, so. um, no Medicaid. Exactly. And so by my math, and I, I did run this, that $1,000 a month is $12,000 a year. Yeah, that's, that's, that's poverty. Which is significantly below the poverty line. And people, people who are making as much as $30,000 right now are eligible for food stamps in some cases because it literally is not enough money. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you know what? $1,000 a month, shut the fuck up, broke boys. Yeah. So that, I, I just, I can't, I, you know, I would hope if he became in a position of power that could, inst, you know, institute this, that he would be pushed to get rid of that part of his plan because blah that's not it's means testing because like you said to me the people who can afford not to get the money are going to get it the people who can afford who need the social safety net are not going to get it and he proposed paying for it through um, a vat value-added tax Mm -hmm. essentially a sales tax 10 percent. and now vats are very common in the rest of the developed world but the argument against VAT is that it's a regressive tax because poor people spend more of their money on consumer Correct. goods, a higher, a higher percentage of their money. So more of their money is being taxed. Right. Um, also interesting is he initially supported Medicare for all, and then he walked it back and said, we shouldn't get rid of private health insurance. So there's that as well. Um, I don't. I really don't know why politicians won't just stick to that. Just stick to it, bro. It's it's popular. I don't understand why anyone would want to elect someone as the executive for the largest city. You know, the New York City's budget is what like the fifth largest budget in the country. Probably something absurd like it's bigger than most states. Yeah. Why would someone with no governmental experience? I mean, I think at this point. That is not a requirement for anyone. There's Trump. There's um, the billionaire. Dude, I can't remember Bloomberg. names anymore. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Speaking of billionaires, remember what I, like, you might remember this. This was like yesterday or something. We were talking about how I discovered that he's not actually a billionaire. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. According to Forbes, mm-hmm. Forbes estimates his fortune to be one million dollars andrew yang yes <laughs> Aw, he's uh, nowhere boy. near he's nowhere <laughs> near a billionaire bro oh my god okay well the average family farm in america is worth eight million dollars oh really i didn't even realize there were that many family farms left i feel like they're all corporations now but what do i know um he does support a, a lot of good things i mean he proposed a version of the green new deal here's a thought i had um just thinking about how we get out of 
the pandemic and this economy and like get the rest of the, the like idiots and fools. The only way I think we're going to like stop this madness is if people's lives improve. That is the only way if we, if we have Medicare for all and like the green new deal, creating jobs, why you got a, you got a smirk on your face. What are you thinking? Oh, no, I was just imagining making people's lives better. Like, that's a thing we can do. <laughs> it, it is. And I I like that's the thing that I keep coming back to is just thinking like. That's the only way to get out of this, like we're not going to get rid of the racists. They're always going to be here. And and what the only thing we can do is shut them up by making their lives better, by making everyone's lives better. Do you know what I'm saying? Because like they they take a lot of their racism and or their anger and it becomes racism. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, and this is the the class first leftist approach. Just make their lives better. And to be clear, I don't care about them individually as people i care about humanity and mankind yes and i believe that good policy benefits all people yeah so i would never oppose a policy because it benefits people i find reprehensible same and i i get the that white leftist argument that always seems to make it about class it's not just about class like i am not saying that at all i'm just saying people's lives need to be made better because things are really bad for a lot of people. But you know what? I sort of feel like white people's lives were pretty damn great in the fifties. Uh, At least like that's the impression I get from it. And it was still lynching. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this uh, the other day about how, you know, we were playing Christmas music and it was like Bing Crosby or something. And, I was just thinking about how a lot of white people have nostalgia for really all different type periods in time. But, like, I don't know how one has nostalgia for a period of time when in that same period of time black people were being lynched. Like, I don't I don't I just don't know how you can, like, have a good, warm, fuzzy feeling in your heart about some period of time where that was happening. You know, America had like five good years. When? Probably like 2000 to 05. I mean, that's when I first moved to New York. That's when we first became friends. That's when we were having fun and doing crap. I, I feel like 2000 to 05 is good because, all right, like Jim Crow's over. Mm hmm. But also crack is over. Mm hmm. And we kind of got a rap on AIDS. Mm hmm. Yeah. It was like it was like the one mellow period in American history. Well, there was the dot com bubble bursting right around 2000, 2001. That wasn't. But I mean, who did that hurt? Rich people, right? Yeah, there's there a little blip in 2001. Yeah. Uh, I I read something. I can't remember where. I'm sure you've heard this, though. But um. The, the reason why that this country is so unstable is it really has only been a true democracy since 68. Civil, yes. Yeah, since I was going to say the late sixties, I didn't know exactly which year, but since civil rights were, you know, given to everyone. Um, and that's true. You know, 64. Yeah. That's crazy. If you think about how young 
America's true representative democracy is. Right? So it, we're pretty unstable. Like, it hasn't been equality and freedom for all for very long. And yeah, it's still so not, it? let's be yeah. honest. Um. Anyways, we were talking about Yang from mayor. Wow, what a digression. Yeah, how, how about this? If you're listening and you're eligible to vote in New York, I know Andrew Yang is the only name you recognize because you don't follow this shit and there's a bunch of city councilmen you don't Scott care about. Scott Stringer. Pick any one of them who was not Andrew Yang. Did I ever tell you I met Scott Stringer? No, Scott Stringer's been in city council forever. He has. He was like uh, something in Manhattan. and Was he borough president? Yeah, something like yeah. that. But this was before that. He was like whoever does the money. I forget what they're called. Comptroller. His comptroller. And I was shooting a short film and directing a short film and you know um new york lets you use government locations for free and so we were shooting in his office like the floor that his office is on and it was a sunday and he didn't know we had like permission to do that and he came in and he was pissed that we were there we were like no dude bro we got it we we're we're allowed to be here he finally calmed down but that was my one interaction with him. I was like, what are all you people doing here? You know what? I said vote for anyone but Yang, but you know what? He might be in the... All of those old school, like, New York institutional politicians are shady. I take back what I said. Yeah. I was yeah, that... thinking about it, too. I... Yeah. yeah. Can Cynthia Nixon run or something? I know, right? I voted for her. Cardi um, B. I think she lives in Atlanta now. Yeah, probably. Uh, Cardi, do you think she'd be a good mayor? You know, I think from everything I've heard, Cardi's actually pretty bright. She's not polished because she's not had right. a ton of formal education, she's, but she is smart. She is smart, and also and she would be smart enough to hire smart people. She and she's informed too. That's I think what people don't realize. I mean, she had that little hiccup where um, people got mad at her for talking about the eighty-eight thousand dollar purse. Yeah, but also didn't she? Oh, I, there was another. I don't want to get into it. There was another Twitter thing that I saw, where I don't. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> and she does that. I respect her because she talked openly about drugging men to rob them back when she was a stripper. Yeah. Do you think that was real? You think she really did that? Yeah, probably. You think so? Yeah. Good for her. That's rape. It's only rape when you have sex with them. If you drug them and rob them, it's not rape. It's just robbery. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I thought she did that, too. I didn't know. No, no, no. It was the opposite. They wanted to have sex with her. She didn't. There's a whole movie about that. It's Hustlers. Oh, you know, it's been a long time since I saw that. Yeah. All right. All right. So, like, moving on, Yang might be running. We're just, we're talking about, like, former presidential candidates and where they're kind of heading. And we want to talk about Pete Buttigieg, who is possibly something with transportation. Secretary of Transportation, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what he's being floated as. Yeah. I know we have our, like, things we've said about Pete Buttigieg, but I do want to say I watched a couple clips, you know, run up to the run-up to Election Day of him on Fox, and I got to say, he did good. I liked I liked how, like, sharp and funny and, like, he got some zingers in. I, I think he's good as a pundit and as a mouthpiece. He's bad at policy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to keep him away from all the policy. I wonder what qualifications he has for transportation. I mean, they made 
Ben Carson, <laughs> Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, because he grew up in the projects. True, true. Did you know this? I, I read this. Um, there's a writer at um, New York Magazine. I forget her name. I follow her, and I forgot her name. God damn it. My memory is terrible. Anyways, she kind of, she didn't quite... Um, commit to saying this for sure but like she does a lot of like she outed uh Mitt Romney as his Twitter account she she was the one that figured it out anyways she figured out that Pete Buttigieg had been he initially started his own wiki page and he had been editing it himself and he had started it before he was ever anybody of any note he wasn't even the mayor yet that's amazing. <laughs> so he like, he's basically been editing his wiki page. And if you don't know, like, that's like a no-no. You don't edit your own wiki page. Um, but he started it before he was ever anybody. He he's started it. He's the most <laughs> craven careerist. It's amazing. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. It's just so telling. But he said that uh, he's had a love for transportation since he was a young child. What does that even mean? Yeah, you'd like to go on rides? Like, see, what does... I mean, you know, my my two-year-old, we can hear the train, and she loves the train. I mean, I, does that mean she should be the secretary of transportation? Because she goes, choo-choo. I mean... And then he said that um, um, his husband, Chasen, or is it Chasten? I don't know. Chase, I just call him Chase. It's it's an absurd name. I just call it, say Chase. Just say Chase. Yeah, anyway, Chase... <laughs> Proposed to him at O'Hare. Oh, why? Yeah, yeah. I can think of no worse place. I mean, it's like the busiest, maybe it was Midway. It's the busiest airport in America, isn't it? They don't even have a priority pass lounge in the main that, domestic terminal. That's hilarious. Hate it. Um. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he does support a lot of good things. Uh. You know, he supports the Green New Deal. He didn't support M for A, so wait. I just—it's just so weird to me that like once you hit a certain level in the political class, they feel like they can just put you in any position. Right, and he also worked for McKinsey, and I think it isn't McKinsey, isn't that who also handled um, the opioid manufacturers? I forget who it is. Probably, uh, yeah, I think they had one of the big pharma companies. The one that is in trouble and like Purdue. Purdue. I'm pretty sure it was McKinsey that was handling them and handling their, their, uh, Will Purdue, former Chicago Bulls center. That guy. <laughs> Call back. Um, I don't know. Did you see it came out a while ago that like a, a couple weeks ago that McKinsey proposed paying pharmacy companies rebates for Oxycontin overdoses. Wait, I don't even understand. It, this is like the conspiracy theory where they say hospitals are getting money for COVID no, this deaths. Is like, real. you just the bonus if people OD. This is New York Times. Yes, when people would OD, they would send pharmacies like rebates for those people. Yeah, the Justice Department. Like to make up for the loss of business? Is I that what it is? So. Like, hold I, on. I'm like, I, I read the article when it came out, and now I'm I'm forgetting. But hold on. Oh, okay. It projected in 20, this is Kent McKenzie, it projected, and this is from New York Times, it projected that in 2019, for example, 2,400 uh, like CVS customers would either have an overdose or develop an opioid, opioid use disorder. 
a rebate of $14,000 per event, which means a overdose or a, a opioid addiction. Purdue would pay CVS $36 million that year. Jesus. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Oh, man. American capitalism is awesome. You know what we should do? We should watch the Reagans Ooh, and have a special about yes, the Reagans. Let's. Anyways, you got a asshole of the week? I don't. Do you have an asshole of the week? Um, I I did, and now I forgot. God, my my memory is so bad. I used to have an amazing memory until I had kids. Um, I don't remember. Rudy Giuliani is. Did he do anything? <laughs> <laughs> He's still around. Um. Anyways, well, that was a fun episode. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. As always, follow us on the things at Yeet the Press. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, email us at yeetthepress@gmail.com. Yeah. Tell us what you think of the show. We would love to hear from you. Maybe one day we'll have a an episode with just listeners' comments. Um. Also, rate yeah. us on iTunes, please. Tell a friend. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next time. Until next time.